Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's another transfer update show on this Friday evening coming to you live and we've got plenty to discuss as per usual. Hello, good evening and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the transfer update show. Got to apologise to those of you who have been waiting in the live chat for this stream to begin. Had a few technical issues as I was trying to set the thing up. Um, and uh, yeah, I was trying to get them sorted and then I just thought, you know what, fuck it. Let's just get on with it. Um, plenty of people waiting, plenty of people tuned in um, and we are delighted by that. And I want to say a massive thank you to you guys for your continued support. Videos are doing uh, and the podcast, of course, are doing some excellent numbers at the moment, probably better numbers than we've ever had. Um, and for that, I'm extremely grateful and uh, long may it continue. Don't forget as well, um, just before I forget, if you haven't already, smash that like button if you're watching us on YouTube. That is so, so important. And of course, you can, if you wish, it's not compulsory, you can become a patron of the podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. We've had lots of new patrons join us this week. So I want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you. And if you haven't already, you will be getting a message from me um, via the Patreon platform in the next couple of days. Right, let's get down to business. There is lots and lots to discuss again today. Um, and I was thinking this morning, actually, this is going to be a bit of a quiet one. I was thinking, what are we going to talk about on tonight's stream? Because I was trying to sit there and, and think about um, you know, which stories we could look at and, and what we would do. And I really thought, actually, there's not a great deal around. But as the day has gone on, the plot has thickened. More and more stories have emerged in uh, regards to Arsenal and their transfer business this summer. And so, of course, we have plenty to dig our teeth into. And we're going to start by talking about the news that broke this evening. And it was The Athletic that put out the report late afternoon this evening. You know what I mean? Um it was a report from The Athletic in which they confirmed that Arsenal are looking to sell Emiliano Martinez. Arsenal are looking for £10 million, apparently, for the Argentinian stopper. Um, they very much see Bernd Leno as the number one. And I was saying that, wasn't I, on a recent stream? I can't remember if it was yesterday's or the one before. But we were talking about that and people would put the question in the chat box, which uh, goalkeeper did I believe was Arsenal's number one? Well, there you have it. Arsenal have made it abundantly clear that Emi Martinez is not the number one and he will not be displacing Bernd Leno. I think most of us um, thought that that was probably going to be the case. But to sell um, to sell uh, Emi Martinez has come as a little bit of a surprise to many. And understandably so, because he's come into the side in Bernd Leno's absence and he's done a fantastic job. I always talk about the type of goalkeeper that Emi Martinez is, and he's very much the type of goalkeeper that I enjoy watching. Someone who doesn't mess around, somebody who comes and claims balls from crosses, makes his presence known, takes pressure off of his central defenders. And one of the criticisms I do have of Bern Leno is that he doesn't do that often enough. Um, and, and Emi Martinez does do that, and he's certainly brought that to the team in recent months. So to hear that he's probably going to be going is a little bit disappointing. But it comes back to what we were talking about uh, recently, and that is that given the situation that Arsenal are in, we're going to have to make these kinds of decisions. We're going to have to, at times, let players go that we don't necessarily want to see go to raise money to do other business, to do other deals, to uh, acquire our transfer targets. Now, there's been a raging debate lately about whether the Martinez continue as number one, given the quality of his performances. And it's a fair argument because he has been that good. But I think given the fact that his history with the club is what it is in the sense of he's been around Arsenal for a long, long time. He's not ever really made the grade up until now. You can understand why Bern Leno is being seen as the number one. And as good as Martinez was, the reality is that Bern Leno hasn't actually done anything that warrants him being dropped and not being the number one anymore. There's nothing that he's done personally to suggest that he's not good enough to be our number one stopper for the for the up and coming season and for seasons to come. 
So it's going to be one of those decisions that is a tough one, one that I don't think will have been taken lightly. But from what we've read and heard uh, this afternoon, this evening, it feels like this is a decision that's uh, been made probably a few weeks ago now because it talks about the asking price that Raul uh, set for him. Uh, it talks about a £10 million asking price uh, for Emmy Martinez. And I think for me, the biggest disappointment with this story is not necessarily that Emmy Martinez is probably going to go. I think we all accept that at some point in his career, he was going to want to go on and be the number one somewhere. The disappointment is the, the fee that we're asking. And I know we're in a difficult time and I know that COVID has had a massive impact on club's finances and probably is going to have a big knock-on effect on, on this transfer window. But £10 million, when you think Ramsdale um, went from Bournemouth to Sheffield United for around about £20 million, I think it was, just sounds ludicrous. Um, the most likely move, apparently, according to the report, that Emi Martinez will make will be would be to Spain. Um, you know, that sounds about right if he got the opportunity to go to Spain and, and play regular football. I think Emi Martinez would take that. Of course, he's a, a Spanish speaker, um, which makes the transition a little bit easier. But he's very much got ambitions of being Argentina's number one goalkeeper. And in order to do that, he's going to have to play. That's the reality. Um, so I understand why Emi Martinez may want to move on if he can't be gar given guarantees about game time. But £10 million, it just feels wrong. It feels like robbery. Um, and so, yeah, Fingers crossed that we do get a bit more for him if we are to sell him this summer. But it certainly looks, based on the Athletics report this evening, this afternoon, whatever you want to say, that that is very, very likely at the moment. Um, let's go and get some of you guys' live comments before we move on to our next topic. Lots of topics and keep your questions and your viewpoints coming through this live stream. And I'll pick up as many as I can between now and the end of the broadcast. Uh, let's say a big hello to uh, Book Sahar, who says, looking forward to your show, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, big hello to Norway Guna, to Barry, um, to Ogachukwu, to Carter, um, to Daniel. Um, what else? We've got lots and lots of people here. To Gray, uh, to Lancelot, uh, to Kartik, uh, to Omar. Um, that's it. Keep your comments coming. Let, let me have a look at um, some of your comments in regards to um, the Martinez news. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, here we go. Um, let's see. Carter says it's a shambles, mate. Uh, Omar says club is a shambles. Uh, Craigie says 10 fucking million. Um, of course, the, the, the rumoured asking price is going to wind a lot of people up and understandably so. Uh, Matt Gray says, I'll be sad to see Martinez go, but it needs to be reinvested. I agree with that. Um, I don't want to see him go. But as I've said time and time again, and you may disagree with this and that's absolutely fine. But Arsenal are going to have to make some difficult decisions in order to raise the funds to go out and do the business that is seen as a higher priority. Problem is with letting Martinez go is who's the number two? Do you think that Macy's up to it? Uh, I haven't seen enough of him, if I'm honest, to make that call. But if he's not, then is 10 million enough for you to go out and get someone? I don't know. Um, T says, Martinez would be my number one as I see him as a more dominant goalkeeper. And his passing range is better. But if he's not number one, then we need to cash in. £10 million is cheap, though. Agree. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Arsenal Granny says that is a horribly low number. Um, Liam says £10 million. Seriously. Um, Gray says don't sell. We wouldn't be able to get a decent replacement for less than 15 million. Craigie says Martinez is brilliant and has far better handling than Leno. Um, it's Gmed says, I wouldn't be happy if Arsenal sell Martinez. Um, Matt says Leno is younger and so I'd say he has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's, that's a fair shout. Winston says 35 million, twice a goalie that Kepper is. So yeah, look, everybody... Um, Everybody, you know, agrees that £10 million for someone of Martinez's 
quality from based on what he's shown in the last few months seems like robbery. And I get that. And I get the frustration. And, um, you know, it, listen, a player is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for him. So if you're only going to get offers of 10 million pounds, then that's what he is worth in the market. That's what, you know, as I keep saying, he's worth what people will pay for him. He's not, it's very easy to add price tags on people. And I, and I agree that 10 million is too low, but until someone offers more, then that's the situation we're in. And Arsenal clearly feel that, that this is some business that they need to do um, in order to raise funds for other things. So let's see. Um, GK makes a good point. He says, Martinez hasn't even played the league season. The fan base are being premature, saying he's already better than Leno. Don't need another Almunia situation. That's a great point because as good as he's been in that period of time, we haven't watched Emi Martinez over a sustained period of time. And I mean a, a season by that. Um, I've said it time and time again. I've said it on recent shows. Leno is still Arsenal's number one for me. Um, it doesn't mean I want Martinez to go, by the way, but it is that is a good point. You shouldn't be jumping to conclusions about Martinez until you've seen more. And, and at this moment in time, it's clear that the club, um, the, the, the club feel as though Leno is, is clearly their number one. Uh, Graham Sutherland, uh, he says, I'm very upset about the Martinez deal. He looked way more solid than Leno and his distribution is way better as well. Jeepers keepers, he must be worth more than 10 million. Like that. Um, like that. Um, what else have we got here? Um, just scrolling through your comments. Lots of people continuing to react uh, to this news that Emmy Martinez is likely to move on from Arsenal this summer in a, uh, and the Gunners have set an asking price of £10 million. Now, I'm sure that would have put a lot of clubs uh, on, um, on, on alert, on high alert, because he is someone who, as we keep saying, has impressed in recent times. Let's um, let's talk about some uh, some other stories with regards to uh, Arsenal today. Transfer stories that have been doing the rounds. We'll come back to some of your comments just shortly. Um, can see so many of them are about uh, about this fee um, that Arsenal is said to be asking for Emmy Martinez. If you haven't already, please feel free. Actually, don't feel free. Just do it. Uh, smash that like button. There are over 150 of you watching us at the moment across the multiple platforms and we've only got 38 likes. So please, I know I keep banging on about it, but as I keep saying again, it really, really does help. So please do hit that like button uh, if you can. Um, right, let's move on to a, another story. And what I want to talk about is the rumours today that there has been an informal approach by Arsenal for Hussein Awar of Lyon. Uh, it's the the rumour is that Arsenal contacted uh, Lyon uh, in regards to the potential of doing a deal. Uh, it was Edu, apparently, that picked up the phone and spoke to Leon. It's not a formal bid that's been submitted. It was a, uh, a telephone conversation that took place between the Arsenal man and the Leon hierarchy. Now, I just want to take this opportunity, actually, to share something with you guys that are watching us on YouTube. Um, if you head over to chroniclesafc.com, um, you will be able to check out our transfer update blog, which is going to be updated every single morning, uh, Monday to Friday, that is not every single morning, by one of our new writers. And you will find that story there today. It's just a, a comprehensive breakdown of the main Arsenal stories uh, that are doing the rounds from the various different outlets. And so you don't have to go rummaging around uh, the search engines yourself. You can find them all, um, or all the ones that we think are worth uh, looking at anyway, um, gathered here. And, and this one was on there. This one was the first one. And it says, according to reports from French outlet L'Equipe, Leon have rejected an informal bid from Arsenal over the signing of midfielder. Hussein Awa, the proposal was made verbally and over the phone during a conversation between the French club and the Arsenal technical director Edu and is said to have included Matteo Genduzzi as part of the deal. 
Hussein Mawar impressed for Lyon in this season's UEFA Champions League with a notable performance in their quarterfinal victory over Manchester City. Now, the original source for that is L'Equipe, of course, in France. Um, but as I say, perfect opportunity to plug the website. Head over to chroniclesafc.com if you haven't already. We'll be having opinion pieces coming your way, news pieces, um, transfer roundups, lots of lots of different stuff. So please do check that out and uh, show some love to our new writers. So, yeah, look, it looks like uh, Hussein Awar is uh, is someone that Arsenal are interested in. We don't know exactly how true this is. And, of course, we're always a little bit wary of, of outlets like Le Keep because they do, from time to time, spout bollocks, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, as a lot of media outlets do, not just in France, not just Le Keep, it's probably harsh of me to, to say that about them specifically, but... It just feels like, you know, you can make up this kind of story, but where's the basis? You know, there is no, you haven't seen any written communication. You haven't seen anything because it's supposedly a telephone conversation. So I'm a little bit wary of this one. But Fabrizio Romano as well has been quoted recently as saying that um, Arsenal really, really do like Hussein Awani, someone that they would be interested in. You know, we spoke a little bit about the the. Mikel Arteta's comments regarding Matteo Genduzzi yesterday. We discussed the fact that maybe some of that was him sort of seemingly opening the door for Genduzzi so that we don't seem desperate in our attempts to offload him. But if Arsenal have then gone and offered him uh, to Leon as, as part of a deal that would potentially bring a while to the club, then that tells you all you need to know. And I, I am a little bit sceptical about what Mikel Arteta's had to say about Matteo Genduzzi because it feels like he's taken a massive U-turn. And Mikel Arteta doesn't strike me as the type of person to do that. Therefore, um, I believe it when I see it. I, I do think this is Arsenal um, trying to make gains in the transfer market. I do think this is Arsenal trying to drum up some further interest in Matteo Genduzzi because what, from what we're led to believe, there's not been any. And that is a real problem because Arsenal would have probably looked at Genduzi at the start of this transfer window as somebody from whom they could bring in the majority of their income this summer. And to see that there's been very little interest will be a worry, will be a concern. And perhaps that's why they've maybe changed strategy. And that's why Mikel Arteta is talking about giving him another chance. He's talking him about he's talking about him, sorry, being given the same opportunities as everyone else. So I don't know that for sure, um, but I'm just trying to read in between the lines and it feels as though Arsenal maybe have just changed strategy on Matteo Genduzzi. I wouldn't be so sure that he's going to come and play a key role in Mikel Arteta's side in the longer term. Perhaps you'll see him get game time in the next few weeks um, as part of this whole um, this whole thing. And the fact that obviously we, we have lost Danny Ceballos, who we're going to come on to talk about in a little bit, as well, um, at least for the time being, will impact Mikel Arteta's handling of the Genduzzi situation, in my opinion. Heavy reports from Italy as well that Lucas Torreira could be on his way back to Serie A, in, in which case we would be very, very light in midfield if he was to leave and Matteo Genduzzi was to leave and we didn't have the funds to go and replace them. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the update on a while. Let me know what you think about that in the comments. We'll come back to some of your comments now and smash the like button if you haven't already. Um, Want to see those likes creeping up as quick as possible. Um, it is so, so important. Let's have a look. We're on 55. Let's try and get to 100. Um, there are nearly 200 of you watching us live across the multiple platforms. Um, right. What else have we got here? Um just uh, scrolling back to try and find some of your comments. Um, let's see what we've got here. Uh, Gozmas says, Arteta appears to be undervaluing our players in order to get them out of the door ASAP. He needs to raise funds to buy, so there's no point sticking a high price tag on those he wants to sell as there's not much time before the start of the new season. It's a good point. I think we're in a position where offloading a lot of these players is is more about bringing the wage bill down than it is raising actual cash that we can go out and buy players with. I genuinely believe that. Um, I think that, that we're on a Champions League wage budget at the moment. We have been for years. 
but we're a Europa League club. And that's been why Arsenal's finances have taken such a battering. That's been why Arsenal have, have really, really struggled in recent seasons financially. And so I agree that it's about moving a lot of these players on. And we know we're not going to get major fees for them. But for example, someone like Emi Martinez, I mean, I know he's performed well, but how many games has he played for Arsenal in the last, what, eight, nine years he's been at the club? Very, very few. And particularly with the market being the way it is at the moment, it makes it very difficult for Arsenal to go out there and slam a massive price tag on him and expect people to pay it. It's being unrealistic. It's simply not going to happen. The other thing is as well that, you know, we need to move these players on quickly, um, as, as Gosmar said, which is very, very key, very crucial. Um, and, you know, that, that that's the nature of the beast at the moment. We've just got to get on with it and move these players out as best as we can. Emi Martinez is not one of the ones I would have been looking to move out first. But equally, you've got to understand the player's position here as well. Because I'm sure Emi Martinez doesn't want to sit on the Arsenal substitutes bench for yet another season. He's made clear his ambitions of being the number one for his country. And that requires him to play football, regular football. And if a move to Spain or wherever his move may be is the answer, then I'm sure that just as much as Mikel Arteta feels like maybe moving him out would be the right thing, I'm pretty sure that Emi Martinez probably shares that view. And in which case, the best solution for everybody would be a transfer. Could argue about the fee all you like, but as I keep on saying, a player is only worth what somebody's going to pay for him. And it's as simple as that. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, da -da 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 -da. And if I miss your comments, guys, in the live chat, because there is so many coming through constantly, I will give you an opportunity to throw in your questions towards the end of the stream. So bear with me and then you can put them all in and then I'll just go through those without having to go back and forward. Because obviously, whilst we're discussing a variety of subjects and going back and forward, the the comments section gets a bit confusing. Um, <laughs> when I was talking about a while, Matt says, stop it, Harry. We have two hopes of getting a while, Bob Hope and no hope. <laughs> I like that. Um what else have we got here? Right, let's let's move on. Uh, as I said, I'll give you the opportunity to put your questions and comments in a little bit later on in the stream and I'll come to those. But I've just got quite a bit to get through today. So I want to make sure that we cover off all the stories that I've got listed here in front of me. And the next one is concerning Danny Ceballos. Now, we mentioned earlier on in the stream that at the moment there is no deal in place to see the Spaniard return to the Emirates Stadium for another season. Um Real Madrid's status is clear. We spoke about it yesterday, but just for the benefit of those who didn't tune in yesterday, I'll just quickly run through it again. The current situation is this. Real Madrid would prefer to sell Danny Ceballos rather than loan him out. Uh, it's understood they're looking for a transfer fee of between 25 and 27 million euros for the player. Um, Arsenal not I don't know if they're not able, but they're not willing at this moment in time to make that kind of investment in Danny Ceballos, despite making it clear that they do want him to return. Mikel Arteta has been very open about that. He's spoken about that in his most recent press conference. He's also said that Danny Ceballos wants to return and he's made that clear to Mikel Arteta. But of course, the ball is in Real Madrid's court. Real Madrid have... Uh, all the cards here, they can decide what happens. They would prefer to sell. And I think this is one that isn't going to be resolved at the start of this transfer window. It's probably going to drag on and we may see a, a resolution towards the end of the window. If Real Madrid do not get the concrete interest, perhaps they're expecting from some of the other sides. Now, one of the clubs that has been also linked with Danny Sabas is his former club, uh, Real Betis. And of course, Danny Sabas is from Seville. It is a club that's very, very close to his heart. However, despite Mikel Arteta talking about the fact that Danny Sabas has indicated to him that he wants to return, reports today from Mundo Deportivo in Spain contradict that completely. And they say that Danny Sabas has indicated to Real Madrid that he would prefer to return to Real Betis rather than joining Arsenal. Now, as I said, that completely contradicts what Mikel Arteta told us in yesterday's press conference. And so 
I don't know where to go on this one. I don't know what to believe if I'm being completely honest and completely frank, because it feels like, you know, uh, you know, is Mikel Arteta just speculating? Uh, is he trying to up the pressure on Real Madrid to do a deal with us by saying what he said? Does Danny Sabas actually want to return to Arsenal or does Danny Sabas want to return to Real Betis? Now, if you asked me this question before Mikel Arteta came in, I would have been certain that Danny Sabas wanted out of Arsenal. Even if you asked me this actually at the beginning of Mikel Arteta's tenure, again, I would have been certain that he wants to, to join uh, or, or return, I should say, to Real Betis. But things have changed in the last few months for Danny Sabas at Arsenal. He became an integral part of the team. He really, really impressed. The fans were on side. And it's very clear that he's not part of Zinedine Zidane's plans. Will that change? Because we know that Real, like many others, are struggling financially. So will that change? Will Zidane have to make do with somebody like Danny Sabas? I don't know. Um, but it just feels to me like, as I keep on saying, we're not going to get a resolution on this one anytime soon. I genuinely believe that this one is going to drag right to the end of the transfer window as late as possible because Real Madrid are waiting. They are being patient. They're biding their time and they are waiting to see if they're going to get anybody else in. Um, and if they do, uh, sorry, anybody else in, if they're going to get any more interest in the player. And um, that is uh, that is the key here. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. So I keep saying it. I'll say it again. I'm urging patience with the Danny Sabayas deal. I think most Arsenal fans want to see him return to the club. I think Mikel Arteta wants to see him return to the club. But Arsenal are being very... I, I don't know if it's clever because it might blow up in our faces. But Arsenal are very much trying to do a loan deal that would see them delay a, a payment for Danny Ceballos till the end of next season, um, when they would hope, I guess, to be in a, a better financial situation. So we're going to have to just wait and see on that. Stay patient, sit tight, um, and I'm sure we'll know one way or the other um, eventually, but I would probably say it's going to be two or three weeks even, at minimum, before we know any more about where Danny Ceballos' future lays. Another story I want to discuss is the reported interest from Juventus in Hector Bellerin. And that is another one uh, that we brought you the update of um, on our website earlier. So just a quick reminder, again, quick plug. If you haven't already, head over to chroniclesafc.com and you will find our daily transfer blogs. This was the second one today. Some really, really good work um, from our writer, Luke, who is collating what we feel are probably the most... I don't want to say eye-catching, but the most uh, widely reported rumours in the sense of they've probably got a little bit more basis to them than some of the others, we'd hope. As not to say they're all 100% correct, but I know during transfer window time, everybody scrolls around, looks desperately to find, um, you know, lots of transfer information. Well, we're doing that for you here. We're collating it for you. Uh, so a, a visit to the uh, Chronicles AFC website around about 11am every morning. We'll give you that all in one place. So do check that out. And uh, he notes down uh, the claim from the Daily Star. They are the source. They say that uh, Arsenal are open to selling the Spanish fullback Hector Bellerin to Juventus, providing they meet the asking price of £27 million. Pounds. Goes on to say, with Arsenal adding defenders to the squad, the 25-year-old could well be on his way to Turin, providing Juventus' valuation of the player matches that of Arsenal's. Andrea Pirlo recently took over as the Juventus head coach after their UEFA Champions League exit and is said to be an admirer of the Arsenal defender. So if you're going to believe the report, Andrea Pirlo is a fan of Hector Bellerin's and negotiations could take place between Arsenal and Juventus. Now, again, I don't want to say 100% that that is the case. I don't want to say that Hector Bellerin is on his way to Juve because that would be very premature at this stage. But we've heard a lot of reports sort of in the last few weeks. First, it was PSG. Now it's Juventus. Could Arsenal be open to selling Hector Bellerin? If Ainsley Maitland-Niles leaves the club, then I don't believe Hector Bellerin is going anywhere. But if Arsenal don't feel like the valuation for Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been met, will they perhaps turn their attentions to moving Bellerin on instead because they feel like they could raise 
the money to go out and do something more significant. It's a possibility. I'm not saying um, that is going to be the case. Again, I want to be clear. I'm not in the know about this. Just trying to read between the lines. Just trying to uh, decipher some of these transfer stories because there is a lot going around at the moment and it's very, very hard to... Um, you know, to make sense of it all. And, and there is a lot of fake news as we've discussed in the past, but it feels like Arsenal are adamant that they need to make one major sale this summer in order to fund what they're looking to do. Will that be Ainsley Maitland-Niles for in excess of £20 million? Will that be Hector Bellerin? Will it be Alexander Lacazette? He's another player that has been linked with a move away from Arsenal this summer. It all remains to be seen, but it appears there is interest in uh, Hector Bellerin from a couple of the European heavyweights. I'm not sure that he's good enough to play for Juventus, if I'm being completely honest, um, given their dominance in Serie A. But maybe they think otherwise. And if that's the case and they're willing to pay £27 million for him, then um, as much as I like Hector, sorry, mate, but needs must. And the, the, the development of this team and the progress of this team has to be put ahead or of any sort of personal relationships or the fact that we like certain players or we hold them dear to our hearts because of how long they've been at the club. In other news, uh, Arsenal have been linked with the Marseille midfielder Sansom. Um, again, I believe that is another one we brought to you on our transfer blog today. Um, and that one comes from the Daily Mail. It suggests that Arsenal, one of a number of Premier League clubs interested in in signing the Marseille central midfielder Morgan Sanson. And with Danny Sabas having returned to Real Madrid in question marks over the future of Lucas Terreira and Matteo Genduzzi, the Marseille star could prove to fill a void in the Arsenal midfield. Now, I don't know a great deal about Morgan Sanson, but what I've heard is that he isn't anything special. Um, you know, and I've heard that from a couple of people who are big on their French football. And this is not... a a target that particularly enthuses me, if I'm being honest. And I, I I don't know, I can't get excited about this one in any way, shape or form. He's not really a player I want to see. I feel like Arsenal need to be aiming higher than Sanson. For me, he's not the man um, and I'm not, not at all um, excited by the prospect of him joining Arsenal. So I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we're aiming higher than that. But it's a, a link that has been being made for a number of weeks now. And so I'm not going to rule it out from happening completely. Right. Let's take a short pause. And in this time, I've got a, a few things to tell you guys about, to put across to you. So please, while we're doing this, get your questions in the live chat now. Um, stick your questions in and I will come to those after this short pause in which I'm going to explain to you guys a few things about the channel and ask for your help on a couple of bits and pieces. Um, so first of all, if you haven't already, I want to ask you to smash that like button and I hate asking, but it's got to be done. Um, we've got uh, over 250 of you watching us live now across the multiple platforms, yet we only have, let me check, 77 likes. Come on, let's get it up to 100 and then 150 Um when we get it up to 100, we'll get your question. So please smash that button, put your questions in the chat, and we're going to come to those uh, in just a few minutes' time. In other news, um, as I've already told you guys about the website, chroniclesafc.com, it's been running around, um, it's been running now for a while, but we haven't really used it to its full capacity, if I'm being honest. Um, and I really, really want to see that grow as the channel is growing. So please feel free to check out the, the website. When you see us tweet out articles, feel free to retweet them. It is so, so helpful as we spread the word and look to divert more and more traffic over to that website. In other news, we're going to be using the YouTube community feature moving forward, which is something I haven't really done up until this point, but I want to start doing it. We'll be sharing links to the articles on there. We'll be putting polls as well for you guys to get involved. So when you go on our channel, if you hit that community tab, you will see those things there and you'll be able to like them. You'll be able to comment on the discussion points and you'll be able to share those as well. So look forward to doing uh, more of that with you guys as well. 
Let's talk about um, some other news away from transfers a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about Arsenal's first three fixtures of the season, which are all being televised here in the UK. Fulham um, is the first one, of course, that has been moved to a 12.30 kickoff um, on the Saturday. And then, of course, we've got our, our second game. I think it's West Ham, uh, which is on TV. And as is the Liverpool one, which has been moved to a Monday night. So Fulham's on the Saturday. West Ham's on the Sunday, I think. And the Liverpool one is on a Monday now. So all those three games are being televised. So do not worry. I was a little bit worried about the game being a 3 p.m. kickoff. I'm sure by hook or by crook. We'd have found a way to watch Arsenal on the opening day of the season. Perhaps not strictly legal, but we would have done it anyway. Um, so, yeah, let's um, let's take some encouragement from that. We'll get to watch our team in action uh, for those first three Premier League fixtures. Uh, so really looking forward uh, to seeing Arsenal back in action then. Um, in other news, Mikel Arteta has made some uh, coaching appointments. Um, we've heard for a few days now that Arsenal... Uh, we're going to bring in some new coaches. It's kind of been um, rumoured, uh, but we hadn't really had confirmation. Well, we hadn't had confirmation about that. We've got confirmation about that today on the Arsenal website. And it, this statement says this, as announced previously, Freddie Lundberg has decided to leave the club to pursue new opportunities. And goalkeeping coach Sal Bibo is also moving on after five years working with the first team keepers. Arsenal wish them well. Um, and they also wish Chris Morgan, the physio well, who has joined Liverpool. Uh, Chris is being replaced by Jordan Reese, who was a regular figure on the touchline during the run in last season. So congratulations um, to uh, Jordan on his promotion. It also goes on to say that Mikel has brought in some additional coaches to support assistant coaches Steve Round and Albert Stoivenberg. They are Carlos Cuesta, who was previously at Juventus, and Andreas Jorgsen comes in from Brentford. And of course, Miguel Molina, who was previously with Atletico Madrid, has also joined the team. So Mikel Arteta is putting together his own coaching staff now. We're starting to see that take shape with some of the old regime moving out the doors. Not to say I wanted Freddie Lundberg to go, but Mikel Arteta is moving people on and he's bringing in the ones that he sees fit and the ones that he believes can do the best for this football club uh, as he looks to rebuild and restore us back to former glory. So um, the more Mikel Arteta gets of his own stuff in place, um, the less he has in terms of excuses, doesn't he? Because I know it's going to take time. It is going to take time for him to get everybody in place that he wants to get in place. But, um, you know, it, 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 we're on that path. We're on the right path. I and mean, you, you take encouragement from bringing in people that have been at the likes of Juve and the likes of Atletico Madrid to uh, very successful football clubs. And of course, uh, the guy from Brentford. Well, look, Brentford have received much, much praise for the way they've gone about things in recent seasons. They've adopted uh, a very particular transfer strategy in which they identify players who they feel are overperforming um, in their respective leagues. They bring them in um, and, you know, they work with them and they, they develop these players and they've been selling players on for really good amounts of money whilst always being able to replace them. And Brentford are a club who really they're punching above their weight. And that's a result of the coaching of the recruitment. And so to bring someone in from Brentford, it doesn't sound particularly enticing. It doesn't sound like something you'd go, oh my God, we've got so-and-so. It doesn't jump out at you like the appointments from Juve and Atletico do. But I can assure you that Brentford are doing a wonderful job at the moment as a football club. And to bring in people associated with them shouldn't be sniffed at because they are a club who are doing things the right way and have been doing things very, very successfully. Right, we've hit the 100 likes mark. Let's get over to 150 now, between now and the end of the stream. We're going to go over to the chat and get some of your questions. Just having a quick look at my notes. Um, I haven't missed any of the stuff I wanted to talk about. So over to you guys now. Get your questions in. We'll go through them. I'll answer them to the best of my ability and uh, we'll finish off the stream on that note. Um, right, what have we got here? Carter Stage says, I don't see us signing any more players and we will finish top eight once again. Change my mind. So you're asking me to change your mind. 
Look, I think Arsenal are actively trying to do business. I really, really do. Um, I really do think that they're trying to move certain people on. I really do think that they're trying to raise funds in order to bring in the players that they feel or that Mikel Arteta and Edu feel will give us the best opportunity of achieving our goals. But it isn't going to be easy. Such is the shit show that they've inherited that this is going to take time. It's going to be a slow process and it's probably going to take Arsenal three, four windows before we see the squad looking anything like what Mikel Arteta wants it to. Hopefully, during that period, we can get closer to those that we're chasing. We can bridge the gap and we can put ourselves on an upward trajectory. And look, I know last season was pretty much a disaster given our league position, but having won the FA Cup, there was just a little bit of hope at the end that we're on the right path. And we didn't win the FA Cup by playing Hull in the final or Aston Villa in the final like we had done previously. We won the FA Cup by beating Manchester City and Chelsea along the way. Um which was really, really impressive. We've proven that on sort of one-off occasions under Mikel Arteta, we will get it right. We can compete with some of the best teams, but we need to see it over a consistent period of time. And, and it, you know, this season, whilst, you know, yes, it's, uh, it's a full season, et cetera, et cetera. We've still got to understand that it will be Mikel Arteta's first full season. And so expectations have to be realistic. Look, if Arsenal finished in the top four, that would be amazing. If Arsenal finished in the top six, but missed out on the top four narrowly, that would be progress. It depends what you want. Look, we all want to get there straight away. Everybody wants to get from A to B with as little sort of hiccup as possible, with as little pain as possible. But the reality is we may not get to our final destination next season. And you've got to be prepared for that as an Arsenal fan. But if there are signs of progress if there are signs of improvement, if we continue to show that we are on an upward trajectory, then I would take that as an Arsenal fan and I'll be patient and I'll put that to one side. I think we are going to sign more players. Um, whether we're shopping in one bracket or the other, though, I think is completely dependent on who moves out. And so we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, ben Turner says, as mentioned in my DM earlier, Harry, Cola goes, do you feel we need sufficient cover at left back? Um, I have seen your DM, Ben. I promise I'll have a proper look at it. I did open it briefly when I was working, but I was rushing against the clock to get finished to be able to do this stream. So I will go back to that and have a proper detailed read. But if Kolasinac goes, we, you know, we'll be left with Kieran Tierney, natural left back. We'll be left with Bukayo Saka, who, whilst I don't think it's his natural position, it's not the position that Mikel Arteta sees him in. He is someone that can cover there. I think it depends again on, on what really happens with Ainsley Maitland-Niles because he is someone that can fill in as a fullback on either side, as he's proven. So if Maitland-Niles goes and Kalasinac goes, I think we are a little bit short. I do. I, I really, really do. And I say that because I don't think that Bakayo Saka's future is in the left-back or left-wing-back position. So look, I don't expect to see Maitland-Niles and Kalasinac go. I know I'm not really answering your question because you're asking me if Kalasinac goes. But if Kalasinac goes and we keep Maitland-Niles, then I think we'll be all right. If Maitland-Niles goes, though, as well, then that is a problem. Um, I really do think that is a problem. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, just having a look at your questions. Keep getting them in as well. Um, and I'll come to as many of those as possible. Um, let's have a look at this one. Uh, da -da -da. What have we got here? Um, this is a question from Daniel Robert. He says, what did you make of Tolaji Bola against MK Dons? I went to school with him. Honestly, mate, it's a little bit hard for me to make a judgment based on what I saw against MK Dons. It's, it's not long enough. Um, you know, it, it really isn't long enough to make a definitive conclusion on him. Hopefully he does well. Of course, I wish every Arsenal player the best. Uh, so fingers crossed he, he can develop. But if I'm being honest, mate, I I can't answer that with with any degree of insight. I'll literally just be guessing. Um, Spitey says, Harry, do you have a fantasy Premier League for us viewers? I don't at the moment, but if you're interested in one, I would happily set one up in the um, uh, before the, the start of the Premier League season and we can get as many of you guys involved as possible and we can uh, discuss uh, the league table on our shows. Yeah, why not? Why not? 
Um, Gray asks, Harry, who do you think is more important? Partey or Awa? We can't afford both. We certainly can't afford both. I don't even think we can afford one at the moment. Um, that's the reality of it. That is the harsh reality of the situation that we currently find ourselves in. Um, but look, I think Awa, as I've said before, would bring more technical ability to the midfield, but Thomas Partey would bring you that box-to-box player that we we need, I think, and that steel that we need. And the kind of steel, actually, that may allow Mikel Arteta to move away from the back three and look, and go with a back four. Maybe if he had Xhaka and Partey sitting there, he would feel more confident about doing that. On that basis, I'll go with Partey. Look, Awa is a wonderful footballer. We all know that. But are Arsenal more in need of the steel, the grit, the determination and the physical attributes that Thomas Partey would bring to the side? I'd probably say yes. So that would be my shout on that one. Um, Guys, 320 of you watching across the multiple platforms at the moment, but we've only got 113 likes. Come on, let's get it up to 150 in the next 10, 15 minutes or so uh, whilst we wrap up the stream. Um... Matt Gray says, what's more likely, Arsenal offer a two-year extension or we sign Messi? I think the Ozil extension is probably more likely. Lionel Messi is not coming to Arsenal. Come on, guys. Let's, you know, people talking about this are deluded. I mean, we simp- we can't even afford Thomas Partey. We can't even afford Hussein Awab. You know, we're, we're penny-pinching. We're trying to offload Emi Martinez for £10 million. That's the situation we find ourselves in. So to think that we would be able to go out and not only pay, you know, his wages, but could you imagine the the image rights and all the other stuff that comes along with having someone like Lionel Messi? Yes, he would make the club a great deal of money. Of course he would. But we, you know, we, we're not going to do that deal. No way. Um, and it, it, even still, you know, he's not even managed to get out of Barcelona yet you know is there going to be a long legal battle I keep saying it and I'll say it again I think it's just a massive power play from Lionel Messi and I think he will stay at Barcelona I think the changes will happen um, at board level they'll convince him they're going in a different direction and I think he'll stay I really do um Lambo asks if there's any news on Partey and Awar transfers yet. Uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but for your benefit, I'll just quickly touch on it again. Thomas Partey, the situation remains the same. Arsenal, un- I don't know if they're unwilling or unable to activate the 50 million euro release clause. Perhaps we'll see them go back in a little bit later on once they manage to secure a few sales um, and raise a bit of cash. But at this moment in time, nothing is happening with Thomas Partey. In terms of Hussein Awar, well, we brought to you earlier um, a report from L'Equipe that suggests that Edu has had an informal conversation with Leon about the potential of bringing Hussein Awar to the Emirates Stadium. But that is just paper talk at this moment in time. Um, and I can't give you any more than that, if I'm being honest. Um, let's see what else we've got. Omar says... With Chelsea getting deals done left, right and centre, doesn't it worry you that we are moving too slow considering United will spend and Liverpool and City are miles ahead of us? Look, Chelsea are a very different kind of club uh, to Arsenal. Let's have it right. They've got a sugar daddy owner who decides to pull out his checkbook as and when he fancies it. He's clearly rediscovered his mojo in terms of Chelsea because Roman Abramovich is back at the table, wants to get Chelsea back up there competing with the big boys. And he's brought in some really, really good players. Timo Werner, really good player. Ziyech, really good player. Thiago Silva, really good player. Um, You know, even if it is a one-year deal, they've addressed their problems at centre-back. They've brought another centre-back in from France whose name escapes me, but it was someone that we were linked with, a free agent. They brought him in. Ben Chilwell's come in. Um, you know, it looks like Kai Havertz is going to come in. Uh, look, Chelsea are doing real significant business. What this does, and I've said it time and time again, is it just puts extra pressure on Frank Lampard to deliver. And can he live up to the expectations? Can he uh, meet what Roman Abramovich wants him to produce? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Chelsea are a very different club and Chelsea have the money. They have the funds. And FFP rules have been relaxed, as we know. So, it's a very, very different situation with Chelsea. I don't expect us to compete with Chelsea. Look, we have to sell to buy. That's the reality. 
Chelsea don't have to do that. They can bring in and sell and worry about that shit after. So that's where the situation massively differs. And so our transfer dealings become a lot more complicated than anything that Chelsea are doing. Um, you know, so I wouldn't bother comparing ourselves to them. I think you just drive yourself nuts doing that. United will spend, you say, but they haven't yet. They haven't done significant business yet. They've been linked with Jaden Sancho, but they've not done that because they're unwilling to meet the asking price. So are United going to go as big in the transfer market as some people think? Probably not. Um, the early signs would suggest that they've been impacted by COVID as well. Liverpool, another one. You know, they've brought in Simicas from Olympiagos, but is that the kind of major business that you associate with a club um, who ran away with the Premier League last season? No, look, there are rumours and rumbles that they're going to get Thiago in, but until that happens, they're not much stronger, if stronger at all, than they were last season. City are miles ahead of us, but again, City and Chelsea are very, very special cases. So, I, again, I wouldn't get caught up in comparing ourselves with some of those clubs because it just, it will drive you mad. It will drive you mad. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, just uh, scrolling through your questions. Apologies um, if I'm taking a little bit longer. Uh, Machiavelli says, why is no other club linked to Partey yet? I can't answer that, mate. I'd love to be able to tell you why, but I, I really don't know. And and you, we don't know that no other club have shown an interest in him. We just know that the papers have picked up on Arsenal's interest. And, reporting that. and you know, a lot of transfer dealings are kept under wraps as well. I know we're in an age where it feels like everything gets leaked, but you can't be certain that no other clubs are interested in Thomas Partey. Um, you may see further down the line that he joined someone else, in which case that club were obviously interested. So again, um, wouldn't jump to any conclusions on that. Anthony Lang says, do you think we will talk, uh, We will, I guess you're saying, do you think we will take Roma's Diawara would make sense. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a link that is uh, Diawara from Roma, defensive midfield player. Um, is he someone that I would be jumping up and down if we signed him? No. Um, 23 years old, Guinean midfielder. According to transfermarket.co.uk, he's worth about £18 million. Pounds. Uh, I'm back, I think. Apologies. I don't know what happened there. Uh, internet connection decided to play up again. Second time this week. So I do really, really apologise. Sorry about that. Let's go back to the question because I don't know what you heard me up to. Amadou Diawara, as I was saying, 23-year-old um, Guinea midfielder, worth about £18 million pounds, um, from Roma, of course, um, made 30 appearances for them, which is not a great deal. But as I keep saying, and I've said it before, given that our midfield situation is becoming so public in the sense of the worry and the concerns that we have there, you know, it's not likely that we're going to get, we're going to get any cut price deals. Roma will be well aware of the position we find ourselves in and the desperate could be in if things don't go our way towards the latter stages of this window. So, look, it's, a, it's someone that we're being reported to have an interest in. I'm not overly infused by him, though. I've got to be honest. And I watch a fair amount of, of Serie A as well. It's probably, after watching Arsenal, it's my second favourite thing to watch. I actually would prefer to watch that a lot of the time than some of the Premier League dross that we get on Sky Sports. The Burnley, Southamptons and all that rubbish. Not interested. Um... Mohamed Zubair says, if 15 to 20 million offer, or if a 15 to 20 million pound offer arrives for Bellerin, would you keep or sell? Um, I would keep him for that. I don't think that's enough. I really don't. I think we need 25 to 30 for Hector Bellerin to consider it. Um, 15 to 20 just seems way too cheap. And I know... I was saying that I'd take about 2025 for Maitland-Niles, but in terms of their experience, they're miles apart, the two players. You may not think they're miles apart in terms of their ability, but in terms of their experiences, they're miles apart. Um, and so I, I cannot get behind selling Hector Bellerin for 15 or 20 million pounds. I know I said 
They were going to have to do some deals on the cheap, but that's too cheap for me. Um, that's my that's my thoughts on that. Guys, please, we are 15 likes away from hitting 150. There's over 270 of you watching us across the multiple platforms at the moment. Please, please do hit that like button. Um, it is really, really more, uh, really, really important. Sorry. Uh, Live and Breed Football says, do you think we need asset? We need to assets more when the oppor- uh, do you think we need to assess more? Is that sell more when the opportunity comes to sell? Um, let me know. Re- rewrite that question for me, mate, and I'll come back to it. I'm a little bit confused by that. Um, Orlu says, Harry, do you think we have signed a player that we don't know about? It has happened before. I think we've signed Gabriel. I think Aubameyang signed a new contract. We know we've signed William. But I don't think anything else has been done at this stage. I really, really don't. I, I'm not going to rule that happening, uh, rule that out from happening a little bit further down the line. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't see Arsenal having done a deal now um, that we don't know about or that's just going to come completely out of the blue. As I said, very few deals come out like that nowadays, given the um, given the, the nature of the media these days. Um but yeah, look, it's wishful thinking. I, I hope, you know, I hope I wake up tomorrow and they say Thomas Partey is an Arsenal player, but I can't see it happening, unfortunately. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Lijo says, why can't we play Ozil next season? We can. We can. Um, and I would like to see him involved. I get that the current system we're playing doesn't necessarily work for him and he probably wouldn't work in that system for us. I get all of that. But there's no way you're going to tell me that he's worse than some of the reserve players that we have. Some of the players that get regular spots on the bench. You know, if we had 20 minutes to go in a game and we needed someone to unlock a defence, you'd rather turn to Ozil than a lot of the other options. I know he doesn't appear to have a longer term future at the club. It feels very much like when his contract ends at the end of next season, he'll be gone. But we're paying him 350 bloody grand a week. We might as well make use of him. And he would want to play. He would want to put himself in the shop window for the move that comes next. So, look, there is no reason why we can't play Ozil. But there's clearly been some other crap going on behind the scenes. I spoke about it yesterday in quite a bit of detail about how the way the club have treated him makes me feel uneasy. I don't like it. And his interview with The Athletic recently opened my eyes. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. Whether they want to admit it or not is another matter. But... Um, yeah, you know, there's no reason why we can't use him. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Brendan Pham says, what are your thoughts on paying off Ozil from his contract to free up wages? I, I don't see how that makes sense because you pay him off, but you're just delving into your cash reserves because, you know, you pay him off and you handicap yourself in another way rather than being able to pay him as the revenue comes in, maybe that's a bit more beneficial. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the um, of the finances. I'd be guessing if I said anything. But I think if Arsenal really felt that that was feasible, they may have considered doing that, given the current relationship between him and the club at the moment. Um, Joshua asks, do you think we can get top four with the additions of Willian, Gabriel and Saliba? I'd like to say that we can. Um, I think we can, um, but it's going to require a lot of improvement in the performances of some of our current players at this moment in time. And I I have lost faith in a lot of those players over the recent seasons it, for me to sit here and say with any degree of certainty that they are definitely going to deliver. They have shown signs of improvement, but they're only signs at the moment. It's hard to say someone's improved when they haven't done it over a consistent period of time yet. So do I think that we can get in the top four um, with just those signings? I think it's a stretch. It's not impossible. Um, Arsenal Canada says with Partey in the midfield, maybe his energy could be enough to fit Ozil in the system. Agreed. And I made that point a little bit earlier on that I feel like someone like Partey would be more important than Awa, which was the question put to me, because he may allow us to do other things with our formation, to fill the gaps and to compensate for the issues that we have, which I believe are the reason why Mikel Arteta plays the way he plays. Uh, what else have we got here? 
Um, go come to just saw a question there from Jamie. I'll come to that. Just going to take this and one more because again, we've run over the hour mark. Thank you for your uh, continued support and interaction. Um, Jamie says, do you think we can win any tournaments this season, Harry? Well, look, we won the FA Cup in what was our worst ever fucking season. Um, we, you know, we, we, we're we capable of going far in the Europa League. I believe that. So why not? Um, you know, why not? Uh, I, I do think Arsenal are capable of uh, of winning a tournament next season. And Mikel Arteta has shown that his, ma- not his man management, but his tactical management, I would say, in these games has been spot on. Um, and the FA Cup is the prime example of that. What else have we got here? Uh, Shoot the Defence. Big hello to Stell and all the guys over at Shoot the Defence. Another fantastic football podcast. Head over and check out Shoot the Defence. And Stell is an Omonia fan. Um, Cypriot team, of course, who uh, secured their place in the next round of the Champions League qualification stages after a really good win against Legia Warsaw the other night. He says, Kusulos has signed a new deal, mate. He's staying put, uh, referring to the Omonia man. <laughs> I'm sure that's great news, but I've got to be honest, I'm not an Omonia fan still. <laughs> as much as I like to see the Cypriot teams do well, and I do, and I was happy for them the other night, I'm not an Omonia fan, mate, so I can't get on board with you there. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Going to come to one more, I think. We'll take one more. Um, and as Spitey says, come on, guys, let's get to 200 likes. Let's have a quick check-in before I come to the last question. Let's see how many we've currently got. There are over 300 of you watching us now across the multiple platforms. But how many of you have hit that like button? 153. All right, we hit the 150 mark. I'll take it. But if you're watching this back later on, Make sure you hit the like button as well. Uh, we'll let you off for now. Um, right. Uh, Kushal says, this is the last question we're going to take. Kushal says, don't you think we should go for a while as we lack creativity in mid- from midfield? Yeah, look, we do lack creativity in the midfield. But as I said yesterday on, um, on the We're the North Bank show, I do genuinely think that the lack of midfield creativity is part of is is a consequence of the way Mikel Arteta is setting up the team at the moment. He's clearly decided that he'd prefer to give the wing backs the license to get forward rather than those um playing in the center of his midfield. They're obviously deep line midfielders. It's the position that seems to suit Sabios and Jacka best. That's why we've seen an upturn in their performances. I, I really, really do uh, think that they're not the most creative of players in terms of playing that final killer ball. But they're playing in deep positions and and that that is not what they're being asked to do in this current system. There is an argument that we need more creativity in the midfield. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, I'd love to see Hussein Mawar come in, as I've said repeatedly throughout this stream. Uh, But I can't see it happening Um, at this moment in time. I I can't see that deal materialising. I really, really can't. Um, but thank you for your question, mate. Uh, Chris P, thank you for your kind super chat donation. Um, we're going to finish the stream now, but in future, if you guys fancy donating, giving us a super chat uh, from the goodness of your hearts, you can uh, donate any amount you want and your co- comment will come up as a super chat. Just like this one from Chris P. He says, imagine if we did an FA Cup, it did a double, including the FA Cup again. Well, that would be wonderful. And that really, really is wishful thinking thank you very much mate for your kind donation just a quick reminder before we sign off um you can become a patron by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the chronicles of aguna and we've had a few of you join us this week so a big thank you to those of you and welcome on board um stand the man says 200 likes and harry will fire up the barbecue down right i'll get the barbecue on when it stops bloody pissing down with rain in in london because that's all we seem to get um since i come back from greece um, just uh, Arson Who says Harry can you do my above question please I'm just trying to find it um, let me just quickly scroll through uh, ah here it is uh, Arson Who says Harry do you think the uncertainty around Oba Ozil is having a detri- detrimental effect on our transfer targets I think the uncertainty over Aubameyang does um, because he's obviously our talisman he's obviously our most important player and that will 
him signing will, of course, attract people. I do believe that. It will make them feel that we can be more competitive. It will make us look like we're a club moving in the right direction, which as much as I do believe we are under Mikel Arteta, you know, people still need convincing of that and understandably so. And, and Aubameyang would go a long way in doing that if he signed a new deal. I don't think the Ozil situation will have much of an impact, though, on, on transfer targets. I think the writing's on the wall for Mesut Ozil. He'll be gone at the end of next season and, and that'll be that. Um, right. Massive, massive thank you to every single one of you who has taken the time out of your day to tune in. To those of you who are watching this back later and to those of you listening via the audio where, again, we've seen incredible numbers over these last two weeks. I can't thank you guys enough um, for the uh, the support you've shown the channel in the last few days. I wanted to get to 6,200 subscribers on YouTube by this the end of this weekend that was the aim uh i think we're on about 1180 now so uh please please do subscribe if you haven't already subscribe if you're new you know the drill by now and we'll be back very very soon with more arsenal related content i'm taking tomorrow off i'm taking sunday off um i'll be back maybe monday but it is a bank holiday but depends how i feel um but if not i'll see you guys on tuesday where we'll no doubt be looking back on the community shield final hopefully a community shield final victory so i'm sure there'll be plenty to discuss um and plenty to talk about between now and then until next time take care of yourselves and uh, of course stay safe cheers <laughs>